0: helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 24. Jesus said to the eleven and those with them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Fulfilled. The Gospel of the Lord. Friends in Christ, God's grace, peace, and mercy be with you this day and always. So we're celebrating the ascension of our Lord today. Why? Let me ask you, does any one of you have a birthday near Christmas? like December 23rd or something, yeah, okay. My dear mother, who lived until she was 99, died on Christmas Day, but her birthday was on December 21st. So the cool thing was she lived to her 100th Christmas. But the sad thing from my point of view was that she always uh, was cheated out of her birthday celebration. And that's the way it is for you who have birthdays near Christmas, right? Poor you. My mother's birthday the 21st of December. What's everybody thinking about? Dear mom's birthday? No, they're thinking about Christmas carols, Christmas parties, Christmas gifts, all of that stuff. So she lost out. That's sort of the way it is for the ascension of our Lord as a church festival. The festival, the church of the ascension of our Lord, is like the Rodney Dangerfield of church festivals. Gets no respect. I mean, how many of you have ever been to a service for the Ascension of our Lord? Not too many, a few. When I was in Kennebunk, we used to try a 7 a.m. service on Ascension Day. What day of the week is Ascension Day? Thursday, Thursday, very good. it's always Thursday because it's 40 days after Easter. So 7 a.m. in Kennebunk, Maine, we would open the doors of the church to hundreds of people who would show up. Well, actually... It might be like 10 or so. And we'd have a worship service, and it was always very uplifting, meaningful. It was, but it never drew the the crowds, of course. That's just the way it is for Ascension Day. It doesn't get the deserved attention until now. So we're going to think about the ascension of our Lord, and I want to ask you seriously, why do you think we should celebrate it? What merits our time, our energy, regarding the festival of the ascension of our Lord? Two things. First and foremost, this is the last direct interaction that Jesus had with human beings. In and of itself, that's pretty important. Second, notice what Jesus chose to do with that last interaction. What are the words that he spoke? From the Acts text. By the way, who knows who wrote the Acts of the Apostles? Luke. Very good. So it's like the second volume of the Gospel. The Gospel is the first, then comes Acts. There are two parts that tell the whole story. At the beginning, or from this Acts text that we have, just before Jesus ascended, He said, You will receive power and you will be my, did you get it? Witnesses. These are the final words, and they contain two promises of God in Christ that I want you to think about with me today. But first, before we get to those promises, let's talk about the elephant in the room. What's the elephant in the room? It is the fact that the ascension of Jesus is difficult for us to believe. That is, for the skeptic among us and the skeptic within us who protests, you really expect me to believe that? That Jesus just sort of went up and disappeared? This is a Kind of doubt, but it's more than that. It's really disbelief. How can you expect 21st century minds to believe that? The texts for the ascension, he was lifted up, he was carried up with all the details, certainly do challenge and stretch our rational minds. All of it here is the unbelievable. Unbelievable, that is, to the rational scientific mind, the mind that has been cultivated in us for good reason, but one by its nature that's closed to anything that's not provable, to anything that's not consistent with certain aspects of our human experience. How can I believe that? I've never seen it. It doesn't make sense. At the very least, before us today is what we can all probably agree, the mysterious, the inexplicable. There's a church in Jerusalem, the church of all nations, and there's a sign at the entryway. It's kind of a warning to all the visitors there. The sign says, no explanations inside the church. The sign is intended for loud, talkative tour guides. But I sort of like it for our purposes today. No explanations inside the church. Let's not try to explain or argue the ascension. There's plenty of time to do that, to talk about the existence of God, the divinity of Christ, the miracles, and all the rest. But for today, for now... Let's just relax and use the great gift that's been given to us that enables us to see in a new way, that enables us to have access to certain truths. The gift is faith. I think of faith as the God-given ability to believe things that I can't believe on my own. You remember how Martin Luther brilliantly gave meaning to the third article of the Creed? I believe that I cannot by my own strength or reason believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to Him. But the Holy Spirit has called me through the Gospel, has enlightened me with its gifts, sanctified me, and so on. So with eyes of faith, that we've received from God, we turn to the ascension. And if you are feeling skeptical today, or every day, I invite you for now to just let go for a few short moments and embrace the possibility, the what-if-it's-true possibility. This morning, let's have some imagination, some wonder, some awe, the ascension of our Lord. Jesus said, you'll receive power and you will be my witnesses. We all know about power in the world. Power that often is used over people. The power to control, to dominate, to manipulate, to manage. Surely that's not the kind of power Jesus is talking about. The idea that Jesus is promising us power Some other kind of power is intriguing to me. It's got a lot of appeal. So what is this specific power that Jesus is talking about? Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So this is power that comes in the form of the living Spirit of the risen Christ. That is, God through this Spirit comes and dwells within us, lives with us. I had a friend in Hartford who was a chaplain. And at Hartford Hospital, he and his colleagues had a program called No One Dies Alone. It was a beautiful program. No one dies alone. The promise of Jesus here to you is that you have the power of the Holy Spirit with you and in you, meaning you're not alone. And you'll never be alone. Think of some examples of what it means to have this power dwelling in us. The power of God. So that we can live as children of God. First off, let me say, this is the power to not things that we so often are tempted to do, to judge each other, to condemn each other. How easy it is and cowardly to stand off at a distance and make judgments about other people. This power comes to us and enables us to resist that temptation and instead to look at another person with compassion and love and mercy and to do whatever we can to help that person. This is the power to do what Jesus said life is all about for us human beings. Jesus was asked by a sly lawyer. That's not a redundancy. All (laughs) lawyers aren't sly. He was asked by this lawyer um, some questions, and in answer, Jesus summarized the law for the lawyer. You remember how Jesus did that? Two things. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. This is the power to do that. And an aspect of that love that's particularly relevant today is the power to resist our self-centered preoccupation that dominates us often to resist that, and instead to sacrifice for someone else. On this Memorial Day weekend, I want us to pause in silence in just a moment so that we can remember and give thanks for those who made the ultimate sacrifice on our behalf and on behalf of all of us. You may be thinking of particular people who died in service on our behalf. So let's pause, and remember, and give thanks for them. Amen. Whenever we think about sacrifice, our thoughts and hearts are certainly and directly drawn to our Lord Jesus who emptied himself for the sake of us. And he modeled that behavior. So who is it in your life Who needs you to sacrifice for him or her? Who is it in your life who needs you to forgive? Who is it in your life who needs your love? The good great news in Christ is this. You are not powerless as a child of God. Sometimes we feel that way. I just can't do it. I can't forgive. I can't love that person. But you're not powerless to live as God's child. Far from it. You have the power to love, to forgive, to sacrifice. In fact, you have the power to do whatever God is calling you to do. The power that Jesus promised is also the power to do the second command, or the second promise. And that is that you will be my witnesses. So Jesus links this intimidating calling to be his witnesses. It can intimidate us. But he links that to the power we receive through the Holy Spirit. We're called to be witnesses. Witnesses to the Christ event. Witnesses to the ways of God throughout the life and death of Jesus. So what is it specifically to be witnesses for Christ in and through your life and our life together? Some examples. We are Christ's witnesses when we witness to love. Love defines God, and love is the defining characteristic and mark of the people of God. When we love in Christ's name, our lives become a testimony to the fact that Christ is risen. We are Christ's witnesses when we witness to life, not death. When we bear witness to the belief that Easter really did happen, that death has been put to death. And you know, it's an either-or. Either Jesus lived, died, and was raised from the dead and ascended, either that really happened, or it didn't. There's no in-between. For me, perhaps, you as well. The story of Jesus is just too compelling to give up on. Thinking of all those who have gone before us, people of faith, family members and friends and so on, we today claim the promise of the resurrection in the risen one, Jesus. I think about my mom and my dad, my two older brothers. I'm the last one left. And I think of them and am so thankful that I can claim that promise of the resurrection for them, believing it to be true, in spite of the doubts that the skeptic in me has at times. We are Christ's witnesses also when we witness to hope where our lives proclaim that there's meaning to all of this, that this is not all there is, but there is purpose behind our lives and our existence, and that finally one day, the ways of peace and love and justice and mercy will prevail. Witnessing to hope, our lives declare there is a reason to be. There's a reason to go on. Being witnesses for Christ can seem beyond us. We just don't think we're up to the task sometimes. But what Jesus calls us to, Jesus empowers us for. So on the ascension of our Lord Day, Jesus, on that first ascension of our Lord, Jesus gave the disciples and us his promises. Promises about power and about being witnesses. So as you think about that for your life, we can recognize that the ascension event stretches us like those images of the disciples reaching out for a heaven-bound Jesus. There he was, leaving them. But maybe we can learn from them. With their minds open, those disciples turned from the ascension and turned back to their lives, their life together, and their ministry. They were energized, Notice. They worshipped. They went back to Jerusalem with what? Great joy. The living Christ was now far out of reach. But they were ready to live for that risen, ascended Lord. They were ready to fall silent before that mysterious God whom they had experienced and to do so in awe and wonder. And they were ready to live with power and to be witnesses for the risen, ascended Jesus. It was true for them back then. May it be true for us this day and always. Thanks be to God. Amen. That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.